You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black, your host here. I am also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. On today's episode, we will talk a little bit about Saturday's game between Boston College's men's basketball team and Notre Dame, a game which Boston College lost 80-70. to We are also going to look at some bat- football news. There was a little interesting piece of news that came out on Friday. We'll jump in and talk a little bit about what that was and what that means for Boston College moving forward. And on top of that, there is a little bit of coaching intrigue to look into. We'll talk about that in our third segment. Let's jump in and talk about the stuff that no one wants to talk about, and that's the men's basketball team. BC dropped to 3-10, and losing to Notre Dame in a game uh, that they never really led. They led for one minute in this whole game. And really, when you look at what happened, there really isn't a lot of positives to take out of this. Just like every BC basketball game, it just seems like it's the same story every single time. And it was the same on Saturday. Notre Dame, a team that had not won an ACC game, shot 48% from the field. And they shot like 45% from three-point range. That's not going to get it done against any team. Boston College's defense looked really really poor against Notre Dame and this was a game that they should have won you know on paper Notre Dame has struggled all year long in BC they were playing almost completely full strength Makai Ashton Langford was the only one that didn't play even though he was cleared to play before the game I didn't hear him his name called at all but you had Winston Tabbs playing he did pretty well Stefan Mitchell was back he was also playing pretty well but again you had guys on Notre Dame, like their big 6'10 forward, Nate Lazuski scoring 16 points. And at one point, you know, just you, you look at how poorly BC plays on defense. In the second half, when BC's trying to come back, there was one point, Nate Lazuski is what, 6'10? And they had Jay Heath on him, who's what, 6'2, 6'3? And of course, he just backs him down and scores an easy bucket. So, you know, you saw the defensive lapses. You saw. Notre Dame just shooting out of their mind. And then BC's offense was just kind of middle of the road. Now, if you want to know why Boston College is is doing poorly, like we've talked about it. And when I do the live streams with you guys, a lot of times all we talk about is how you guys want to just see Jim Christian gone. Check out bcbulletin.com. I did a whole statistical analysis of why BC's struggling. And the defensive statistics are sobering. Listen to how poorly Boston College is doing on defense. In terms of opponent field goal percentage, they're letting up 48% of the shots to go in. That is 334th in the country. There's only like 350 some odd teams. They're almost at the complete bottom of the barrel in that. You're not going to win games when you let up team when teams are shooting almost 50% from the free, from the field. Doing a little better on defense in terms of three-point shooting where they let up 34% but then you combined it all and they combine all these statistics to make an offensive rating system. And the offensive rating system is the estimated points per 100 possessions. That it's just a statistical analysis they do. And they finished uh, allowing 107 per 100 points. And that's 307th in, in the 
country. Their E field goal percentage, which weighs threes counting in more than regular shots, they're 322nd in the country. So you're seeing on a team almost across the board, Boston College's defense is near the bottom of the country. And I'm not sure if that has to do with just the entire team, if it's a coaching issue, if the major issue, what I've noticed is that they don't have a big, um, if that's a big problem this year of like Jim Christian's gamble to take no centers in this year, uh, if that's hurting him, uh, because they're just not stopping anyone. And if you're letting a team like Notre Dame score 80 points and no, no big knocks on Notre Dame, but at this level, if you're going to allow guys to get wide open, if you're going to allow guys to switch off to have really bad matchups, then you're going to lose. And that's what's happened on Saturday. Boston College couldn't get out of their own way, and their defense killed them. And it was, you know, one of those games where Boston College hung around just enough. You know, uh, Notre Dame had a 16-point lead at one point, and Boston College was able to chip away at it. They hit some good shots. They made some good offensive plays. Now, if you check out bcbulletin.com, you'll see their offense is right around the middle of the road, which isn't bad, but when you have a defense playing as poorly as they are, it does not a good match. But Boston College's offense, they were hitting shots. You know, Stephon Mitchell had a nice game. I thought Winston Tabs looks really good. But in the end, that doesn't matter because you're going to have to play at on offense at such an elite level to cover for that defense. you In the only ways that BC is going to win this year in the ACC is if they played like they did on against Miami. And how realistic is that? You know, they shot 51% or 52% from three-point range against Miami, and that's what they had to do to beat Miami. Now, now credit, if you saw Miami, Miami beat Louisville this weekend, which shows you just how crazy the ACC is this year. But what Boston College is going to have to do is shoot out of their mind because they can't cover for their defense right now. Their defense is going to lose them game after game after game. And it's just going to get worse. It's it I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to sugarcoat this, you know. I don't want to go in saying that everything is negative and it's going to be bad, but you saw what you saw on Saturday. They're going to play Virginia Tech, who's a very good team on Wednesday. 5 o'clock start, so if people who are working have fun trying to find that one. Uh, but it's, it's going to get rough. And, you know, there's only two more months, I believe, until Selection Sunday. And, you know, I think Boston College fans are looking forward to that day for a whole other reason. But we'll talk about that as we get closer to, the, to that date. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk about a specific Boston College player who announced that he's returning to Boston College on Friday. We're going to talk about what that means to the Eagles. But before we do, I want to talk to you about BetOnline.ag. Are you ready for some football? There is tons of NFL action heading into championship week next weekend. Now you've got the Bills and the Chiefs. And at this time, I don't know who's going to win the Bucks or Saints versus the Packers. Four, two great matchups. And betonline.ag will have you completely covered with the best lines, money lines, whatever you need to make your bets. They also have NBA, NHL, college basketball, Mixed martial arts, they have it all at betonline.ag. And there's only one place that we trust here on the Locked On Network, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. One of the best deals in the industry, so check it out. 
go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Please wager responsibly. And if you're going to wager at betonline.ag, let me recommend Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets is a podcast, part of the Locked On Network. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, NHL, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We're talking college football like we always do. This is your favorite topic. I can see it in the stats. So we're going to talk about one of the big news items that came up on Friday. If you were paying attention, you saw that center Alec Lindstrom is going to be coming back to Boston College for his fifth year, giving Boston College all five of their offensive linemen returning. Now, Lindstrom, he was a first-team All-ACC player in 2020. He was third-team in 2019, and he's the younger brother of Chris Lindstrom, who had a great year this year for the Atlanta Falcons as their guard after missing last year with an an with an injury. Now, Lindstrom, if you have watched and paid attention, he's, he's a great kid. Now, I get to go to a lot of the press conferences and talk to the kids. In terms of BC kids, he's one of my favorite to talk to. He has a great personality. He is funny. He does that Listen Up My Dudes podcast, which I totally recommend if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, but on top of all that, he's a good football player, and we saw it in 2020. Now, this kid gives stability at a position that is so crucial. Now, let me give you an example of why he is what he, how valuable he is to this program. Twice this year, Phil Dracovic went down with injuries, and twice Dennis Grossell had to come in. Now, you might think, no big deal, but they mentioned it on the pot, on the uh, broadcast, and I thought it was a really good point. Phil Dracovic is at least three inches taller than Dennis Grossell. Now, for center, he's got to snap that right in the breadbasket of their quarterback. And Alec Lindstrom didn't skip a beat when he had that, those changes. He's a professional. He's a grinder. He's a good blocker. He's 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 as consistent of a center as you're going to get. Now, you're looking at Boston College now, and you're seeing an offensive line. There's going to be all five guys next year. When you have an offense as good as Boston College is and with the potential that they have for next year, having an offensive line with all five guys coming back, all five starters coming back, is absolutely enormous. And I know some people, you know, were very kind of eh about some of the play of the offensive line, and I agree. Especially on the in the rushing game, they were not at their best moments. But I think this team will get better. And I've said this in previous podcasts. This year was such a funky year, and I have to imagine for offensive linemen, it was the weirdest. Because they didn't get a chance to train. And for offensive linemen, the guys that are, you know, physically have to do the most strength-based work out there, to not be able to train the way that they know how to, the way that they constantly do, must have been hard for them. Now, hopefully everything will be cleared out by the time next season starts with, you know, with vaccinations and all that good stuff. So hopefully this line will gel even more. And if that's the case, look out for this running game because I think the combination of some of these freshmen, possible transfers, and the return of David Bailey and Patrick Garwo 
should make this a truly balanced team and a truly balanced offense. And I think having Alec Lindstrom back will be a big part of that. Now, on top of all of this, you know, you're, you now that you have the five offensive linemen, I have to wonder, and I've said this before, what they're going to do with the positions of these players. Now, Zion Johnson, after 2019, was projected to be like a second or third round pick at guard. The kid is an athletic anomaly <laughs> at guard. He can move. He can do everything you want as an NFL lineman. Now, I, you know, I don't know why they moved him to tackle. And, you know, they never talked to us why. And that's okay. But I have to say he probably regressed a little bit. And I think his draft stock probably dropped a little bit as well. Now, I wonder, will Zion Johnson go back to guard? It would make a lot of sense. Maybe put Petrula back, Ben Petrula back at tackle and just switch him back and see what happens. Or maybe they just believe with a little bit more repetitions, they'll get these players back where they are at. And, you know, they're coaching. They're there. They see it. We haven't been able to see what practices are like. Maybe they'll be able to fix some of the issues that we, we saw on the offensive line. The other piece of Boston College news, and I think a lot of you have been asking about this, who is going to be the next big defensive playmaker for Boston College? And now this morning, I'm going to have a probably around like eight or nine o'clock, nine o'clock usually is best, usually when I get my posts up, uh, about Nito Ekpala, who is a defensive end who signed with Boston College, so he's coming from Georgia. Now he played in the Florida georgia exhibition game uh this on sunday and john garcia our sports illustrated expert who does recruiting talked to me a little bit about how impressive nito akpala was this is a kid that runs an 11 to 100 yard dash that is incredible for a guy his size so you want you know he talks about it and you can check it out on the site he we have an exclusive interview john did with nito that his speed is exactly what Boston College was looking for when they when they recruited him. He had like two sacks, uh, a pr- uh, like three quarterback pressures. He got a holding call called again on him uh, based off of his you know his speed. I, you know I want to say it now and I'll say it in the post. You know there you're looking at kids that could immediately make an impact. This is a kid that was like a low three star recruit, didn't have a ton of offers. Nito Ekpala could be a name in a year that everyone's talking about because he has the skill set that Jeff Halfley needs in this offense, this defense, and he could be a producer from day one with the Eagles. So I wanted to make sure that you knew that because a lot of people have been asking, like, who's going to be the next defensive end that steps up for BC? Watch for Nito Ekpala. I'm telling you right now. This is a name of a kid that's going to be a big defensive player for Boston College, and it could be soon. So check that out. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk about the coaching carousel and a name that popped up on Friday that I didn't expect. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious, nutritious bar that you can have as a snack. But this weekend, I actually had a almond toffee bar when I was busy putting away Christmas ornaments and didn't have enough time to make myself lunch. And let me tell you, I had one bar with the seltzer water and I was good for lunch. That's all I needed. It was so delicious. I'm telling you right now, uh, Built Bar, they do it all. They give you a bar. I, I gave it to my wife and she goes, man, this tastes like a candy bar. And I'm like, that's exactly the point. Built Bar has what you want. 
Now listen to the flavor profile of the cookies and cream bar. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs. Perfect for a snack, for lunch, if you're getting ready for a workout, check it out. Now Built Bar has a special promotion. They're gonna give you a free cooler with purchase while surprise lasts. All you need to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Later this week on Friday, we are going to do a viewer mailbag or viewer or listener mailbag. Now, if you want to ask me a question, something you want me to talk about, hit me up on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or at BostonCollegeSI at gmail.com. Make sure to include your name so I know who to give credit to the question for. On Friday, we'll answer questions. Um, you can ask me anything about Boston College sports, whether it's something of my preference or what I think about football or baseball, whatever you want to know. Hit me up, and if it's a good question, I will answer it on the mailbag. Now, in the final section, I I heard some news that I thought was really interesting uh, over the weekend about coaching searches. And before I get into it, I want to preface it by saying that this is all speculative news. And there's no word whether any of these people are actually interested in each other. It was a name that was connected to a new coach. Now, if you were paying attention, Dan Quinn was fired from the Atlanta Falcons earlier this year, and the Falcons hired Arthur Smith, the offensive quarter of the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Smith, you know, he made his bones with having Derrick Henry and really uh, re-energizing the career of Ryan Tannehill. Now, if you also know anything about Arthur Smith, he also had his roots in the college ranks. He worked as a GA in uh, at UNC under current Boston College offensive coordinator Frank Sigdendi Jr. Now the two of them I know I've I've read have a really good relationship and the Athletic connected the two as a possible connection for a new offensive coordinator for the the Falcons. So there's a, there's a connection there. So could Arthur Smith snag Frank Signetti from Boston College. Something worth watching, I can tell you that. He's a younger coach, kind of like Jeff Halfley, and having a seasoned offensive coordinator like Signetti would make one thing easier on his you know, to-do list. So he could go for a guy that he knows and add him. Now, let's just play this out. Say the Falcons hire Frank Signetti Jr. and they pull him away from Boston College. What would that mean for the Eagles? First of all, I think one thing I would say is trust Jeff Halfley. Uh, one thing that we have learned so far is the guy knows how to evaluate talent, whether it's with coaches or with his staff. So you know he'll be able to find somebody, whether it's on his staff right now or somebody externally to run the offense. I think that's important to know. Secondly, let's go a little bit more in the concern section. So if Signetti leaves... That, that raises a few questions, specifically at quarterback. Remember, Signetti was part of the reason Phil Dracovic signed here. The two of them knew each other from Pittsburgh. They knew, you know, they knew about each other, and they, they formed a good relationship. So, you know, you wonder how long Phil Dracovic would stay if the guy that brought him here, you know, Halfley would brought him here too, but if Signetti leaves as well, 
if Dracovic may say next year will be the end of my career here or two years instead of three or whatever he was planning on doing. That's worth watching. And then, of course, recruiting. Now, Peter Delaportis from Pope John in New Jersey committed to Frank Signetti. And coaching changes can change how a recruit views a school. So there's a possibility, say, that Frank Signetti leaves and they bring in a guy that doesn't connect well with Peter Delaportis, that Boston College could lose their quarterback of the future. That's a little worrisome. Now, again, I, I, I have to preface this. It's all just speculative at this point. I, you know, Arthur Smith may just, he may know Frank Zinetti and say, yeah, that's great. I'm going to go with this other guy. But it's always worth keeping an eye on. And I think that was one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Remember, Frank Signetti has experience at the NFL level. He was a offensive coordinator with the Rams in 2015. He was a quarterback's coach multiple times with the Chiefs, the Saints, the Rams, the Packers. So he's been all up and down the NFL. So he's not, a, it's not like if Smith was to bring him in, he's bringing in a brand new coach or someone that's only college. Signetti has significant NFL experience. So that's something that worth worth watching. Before we go, let's wrap it up with a little hockey talk. Boston College Hockey had an interesting weekend as they were scheduled to play a two-game series against Northeastern, but that games were canceled, or actually postponed, because the Huskies had a positive COVID case on the roster, uh, on the staff. So instead, Hockey East, I love this, was able to change the schedule to get Merrimack in to play two games. They played a home-and-home with BC, with Boston College winning both games. Boston College took care of business on for, uh, Saturday night at home. And on Sunday, they headed to Lawler to face Merrimack and won on a very big goal by Mark McLaughlin with four minutes left in the game. And now Boston College, they got four points out of this weekend. You cannot complain about that. Now, um, you, you know, we'll, we'll get more into the ins and outs of these two games, but it was a big weekend for Boston College hockey, so congratulations to them. Women's basketball this weekend, not so lucky. They lost as well. <laughs> you know, men's basketball lost to Notre Dame. Women's basketball lost to Notre Dame as well. They lost 83-73. to You know, looking at the season as we started off talking about it with Dan Rubin earlier this year, seems like it's going to be more of a rebuilding year for Joanna McNamee and her program this year. As they they've they're five and seven right now, it doesn't look like they're going to be much of a uh, factor in the ACC. But they, you know, maybe next year. Allie Tim, Tim, Allie Van Timmeren has shown some real good flash as a freshman who just joined up with the team early. So maybe a combination of her and Taylor Soul next year, and uh, some of these other kids will will really make the women's team jump out. So thank you all for listening. This is AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Make sure you check out my work on bcbulletin.com. You can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. As again, we'll be doing a mailbag later this week. Please send me questions in, uh, either via DM or on email at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook at Boston College SI. And uh, that should do it. We'll see you all again tomorrow for a new episode. And if you have not done so already on your favorite podcast directory, what I would recommend you doing is hitting that subscribe button. Make us part of your daily routine. For me, I listen to Locked On Celtics every day. I love basketball with that with John Corrales. 
I listen to him while I'm cooking or doing dishes, and I listen every day. I hope you like my podcast enough that you do the same thing and make that part of your routine, whether it's you're walking your dog, doing dishes, or you know maybe on your commute to, to work or if you're doing some you know mindless work at work that you can listen to us. So thank you all, and I will see you all again tomorrow.